Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I know that as we get closer to the holidays, there will be a million things competing for your attention. And so I'm thrilled that you're joining me for the podcast, but I'm also really glad that you are making it a priority to do something for your health. Because whether you see it that way or not, listening to this podcast is choosing to focus on your health and moving towards your goals. And really, whether it's my podcast or it's somebody else's or it's a workout or it's anything at all, I want you to continue as you go through this holiday season, really prioritizing your goals and keeping them in the front of your mind. So when we do things like listen to an informational or motivational podcast or get to the gym when we don't feel like it, we are keeping those goals in the top of our mind and that is absolutely critical. So I would love to really encourage you as we get closer to the holidays not to let that stuff slide because it's easy to fall into this kind of pattern of avoidance, and I don't want that for you. I really don't want that for you. So I'm super glad that you are here. And a quick little, I guess, technical announcement. I wanted to let you know, for those of you that have been like, what's going on with your audio quality? I know, I'm so grateful for your patience. I have a couple of different computers that I record on, and both of them are having issues right now. But to the genius bar I go today, and so hopefully when I do the next recording, everything will be back to high quality with no issues. All right, enough of that. Random show today. And my random shows are when I focus on a handful of different questions from you guys. So I haven't said this in a while, but it bears repeating. This is your show. Yes, I am the one here behind the mic. But my goal with this show is to give you exactly what you want to clear barriers so that you can reach your goals. Now, that requires something from you. It requires that you reach out to me and let me know what you're struggling with so that I can help you. That is what I am here for. And so I need you to email me, and you can email me anytime, elizabeth at primalpotential.com. I respond to every email. Give me a couple of days, usually 36 to 48 hours to respond, but I do respond because I want this information to be not what I think you need to hear, but what you're truly struggling with. Help with your challenges, because if you don't clear your own challenges, then you can listen to all the information in the world, and it's not going to make a flip bit of difference. So on today's random show, we're going to tackle three or four different questions. The first one is related to holiday stress. Then we're going to talk about examples of big rocks. I talk a lot about your big rocks and really going for what has the highest impact in your fat loss journal uh, journey and what some of those are. And then how to tell if your hormones are balanced. It's a great question. 
And then last episode, I asked you guys to send me your objections to tracking. If you're not tracking, email me and tell me why. So many of you did, and I want to talk about some of that kind of stuff. So anyway, let's dive in. This question is about holiday stress, and it says, My question has to do with this time of year and feeling overwhelmed with so much extra that goes on. Holiday parties, Christmas preparation, busy times at work. I'm trying to plan and prepare as much ahead of time as possible while also trying to focus on getting more sleep. These feel like competing priorities. It would be great if you could talk about strategies for either doing it all and being more efficient or letting some things go without feeling guilt. And if you're going to focus your efforts on just the biggest rocks, how do you determine which are the most important? Such a great question. And this time of year sends a lot of people into a tailspin. And at the risk of sounding all Sarah McLaughlin singing while dogs are dying on the TV screen, the first thing I want to say is, if you are busy, that is largely by choice. So the examples in this questions, like the holiday parties, the Christmas preparations, all of that kind of stuff, we opt to do that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but let's not look at our blessings as burdens. And I think many people go through the holidays like that almost as if it's like a badge of honor and they complain about these things that are actually huge blessings. Like if you have all of these social obligations and you have the means to buy gifts for people that you love and to travel and to have family coming in and family going out and all of these things that cause a lot of people stress, it's not because they're truly stressful, it's because we have a little bit of a flawed perspective. And the things that we often get overwhelmed about tend to be really significant blessings. Even when it comes to stress at work, many people are unemployed and would give anything to have a stressful season at work and feel needed and feel important and have job security because of what's going on. And I think that the most important thing we can do, not just at this time of year, but at any time of year, is to really practice some perspective. And again, this is not meant to be like, there are children starving in Africa, although I totally understand if you take it that way. But when we are busy, it is often by choice. And when we are frustrated, we are often just practicing a really flawed perspective on what are truly blessings and things that we should be feeling really grateful for and not things that we should feel burdened by, right? From a practical standpoint, I would say if you are feeling like there is so much going on and you're struggling to keep all the balls in the air, identify your priorities. What matters most to you this holiday season? Is it quality time with your family? Is it quality time for yourself to practice perspective and unwind and not allow yourself to become overwhelmed? Is your health a primary priority through the holidays? Is your job a primary uh, priority throughout the holidays? Whatever it is for you, I would narrow it down to say no more than two or three. And then when things come up, things that you feel burdened by, whether it's, you know, baking cookies for 16 parties or some event that you feel obligated to go to, check it first against your priorities. Is this something that furthers what matters most to me? Or am I just doing this because I always have or I think I should? We do things by choice. And I know a lot of people feel like, oh, well, it's just an obligation. It's not truly mandatory. 
We just build it up that way in our head. So look at what you can say no to so that you can really be true to your priorities. You do not have to buy gifts for everybody that you always buy gifts for, period. Sorry, you don't. You might feel in your head like you should or that there will be judgment if you don't, but that's all not real. Like that is not a requirement. Just because you feel like you should do something doesn't make it mandatory. So look where you can simplify, either in engagements and obligations or just standards that you've set for yourself. Change them. Just because you've always done something one way doesn't mean you always need to do it that way. That's just the reality of the situation. So identify your priorities and measure things against whether or not they support those priorities. And if they don't, stop telling yourself that things are mandatory because you want to convince yourself that they are so that you can feel busy or important or like you're taking care of everybody. The only thing that really matters that you take care of are your priorities. So if that's your health and your family and your job, great. Let everything else go, even if just for this season when you have so much on your plate, but I would argue maybe just indefinitely. Then I would look at, you know, so many people feel like the holiday stress or the holiday hustle or the holiday parties lead them to overeating. That's actually not true, right? Going to an event, even every single night of the week, does not force food in your mouth. You still have the same ability to control what you put in your mouth when you are busy or stressed or at a party as you do when you're not busy or not stressed or sitting at home on a Tuesday night. So I think we have to check our thought process and what we say is true. Many people feel like, oh, well, there's this party and I mean, I just drink too much and I eat too much. You choose to, but you can also choose not to. I'm not saying that that's your natural instinctive response, but it starts with changing how you think about the situation. Many people go into, quote unquote, the holidays, feeling like it's a food free-for-all, when really the holidays are not a season, but rather just a handful of days. A handful of days and we treat it like a handful of months. We can go to a holiday party and not drink, if that's our choice. We can go to a holiday party and not have dessert, if that's our choice. We can go to a holiday party and not stuff ourselves. So I would really remind yourself of what is in your power. What is in your power? We always own our food choices. We always have full, total, and complete control over what goes in our mouth. And I'm not suggesting that that is effortless for everybody. It's not effortless for hardly anybody. But it starts with changing your language and your beliefs about it. You do have control no matter how busy you are. And I really think you need to honor your priorities and simplify and then not talk yourself into being a ball of stress and realize that the things that you could stress about are completely first world problems. And I know that's such a cliche phrase that nobody thinks about, but what that means is you're complaining about your blessings. So stop that. Stop that. And that's a practice too. The next question is about big rocks. Now, if you're new to the show, let me take a second to explain what that means, that phrase big rocks that I use all the time, and then I will give some examples of common big rocks. So I talk a lot about the 80-20 rule, this universal principle that 80% or more of our results come from just 20% or less of our efforts. And I talk about how the key and what I do with my clients and with myself, quite frankly, is to identify 
what are those few things for you, that 20% or less of activities, behaviors, habits that drive the majority of your results? Because so many times we get sucked into feeling like we have to do everything. We have to get up early and we have to work out and we have to drink more water and we have to eat less sugar and we have to eat more vegetables. Chill. That's not necessarily the case. What we really have to do is identify our big rocks. Those few things, it's usually not more than two or three, that make everything else easier or completely unnecessary. So the question that came in was, what are some examples of big rocks? I'm having a hard time finding mine. Can you give me some examples? Absolutely, I can. And I will say this first, the best way to identify your own big rocks is by tracking, tracking what you eat and how you feel, because that is going to show you, oh, okay, on days where I'm not getting enough sleep, the following day my food choices are a mess, so maybe sleep is a big rock for you. Some common big rocks, tracking is a huge one for most people, which might sound silly, but a lot of people feel like when they're maintaining that discipline and that accountability, what it does for them, it allows them to stay focused throughout the day on their food choices because they're having to write them down, right? They're not counting calories, they're not counting macros, but just by writing down their food choices, it's top of mind, the fact that they want to make good choices, right? So tracking is one for many people. Fat loss breakfast, you guys just heard my dog, real life here. Fat loss breakfast is one for many people because where the day starts, it stays. And when you have a fat loss breakfast, which is actually the most popular episode of this podcast is the one on breakfast. When you have a fat loss breakfast, that's him crying for you. This is very real life right now. When you have a fat loss breakfast, you set yourself up for success the rest of the day, right? You reduce your hunger. You reduce your cravings. Where the day, where the day starts, it stays. And it is so important to balance your blood sugar in the morning because this is going to satisfy you for longer. And I think we can all agree that fat loss is so much easier when we're not always hungry or battling cravings. So fat loss breakfast is a big one for most people. And I will link to the breakfast episode of the podcast uh, in the show notes page over on primalpotential.com. Like I mentioned when I was giving the example, sleep is a big rock for many people because two reasons. Number one, you have more focus and energy and willpower when you're well-rested, but also when you are not well-rested, you are not as responsive to insulin. And so that makes fat loss much more challenging. So sleep is a big rock for many people. Carbs at night, not having carbs at breakfast, but saving them until the dinnertime meal is a major, major, major rock for a lot of people. And those are some of the basic ones. There are more detailed ones, like making sure that you are getting a certain amount of protein or uh, making sure that you meet a certain minimum activity standard because if you're not hitting the gym at some interval, you're not as motivated, you're not as focused, your energy isn't as good, you don't, you aren't as disciplined with your food choices. So some of the biggest ones are going to be tracking, the fat loss breakfast, sleep, and carbs at night. And then from there, they can get more detailed or more significant or more difficult, like avoiding sugar. But I would really start with tracking, and I'm going to talk more about tracking in a minute, especially your objections to tracking and your questions about tracking, but those are some of the big ones. 
All right, this question is about hormones, and I love this question because it's an area of a lot of misunderstanding. But the question is, you talk about hormone balance being a requirement for fat loss, which it totally is. How do I know if my hormones are balanced? Awesome, awesome question. Let me first say that I am not talking about every single hormone in your body being in perfect balance and harmony. I'm talking about the hormones most involved with fat loss. So things like insulin, cortisol, leptin, estrogen, things like that. Now, that is true for both men and women. So when I talk about hormone balance, I'm not speaking to just the ladies. I'm speaking to everybody, right? And the second point I want to make about this is that this Hormone balance that we're seeking when it comes to fat loss is not something that most of us have to go to the doctor and get tested for, not at all, because our hormones are always, always, always signaling us. Your body needs to communicate with you, but it can't send an email, not yet anyway. Apple might come out with that functionality, you know, here soon probably, but for now, your hormones are always signaling you. It's just that many of us are not paying attention and then only a small minority of people are paying attention and know what those signals mean. And so that's what I really try to teach my clients and try to teach in my courses is what are those signals? And I try to teach that in the podcast too. In fact, episodes 11 through 14 are an awesome hormonal mini series. If you haven't listened to those, episodes 11 through 14 go through the primary metabolic hormones and how they signal you and how you can pay attention and adjust. But So we're talking about these hormones that are always signaling us, and we just have to tune into the signals and pay attention to our bodies, and that's another reason that I really recommend tracking, and then we have to respond intelligently to those signals. So the primary signals that we receive from these hormones most involved with fat loss are going to be mood, sleep, energy, cravings, and hunger. Mood, sleep, energy, cravings, and hunger. And that's why I encourage people to pay attention to these things. And throughout the day, if you notice a major shift in your hunger or your cravings or your energy or your mood, to jot that down so that you can start to see the trends and see what's contributing to it. So as far as the question, how do you know if your hormones are balanced, in the framework of fat loss, what we're talking about here, because context is so important, if you are successfully burning fat, like your waist and your hip circumference are getting smaller, right? Not just the number on the scale is going down because that might be muscle loss. When we're talking about fat loss, you want to feel like you are making progress towards your fat loss goal while having very stable energy, few cravings, and predictable hunger. So not an absence of hunger, of course, but predictable hunger that makes sense. Several hours after you've eaten or after an intense workout or after a light meal, and stable mood. We want to be sleeping well. We want to have stable mood and energy, few cravings, and predictable hunger. That is a sign of hormone balance. All right, the last thing I want to talk about in this random show is in the last episode, which was about eight foods and ingredients that uh, really help you burn fat, I asked if you're not tracking to please email me and tell me what your objections to tracking are, why you're not tracking, because it's helpful for me, like I said at the top of the show, to know what you're struggling with so I can help. So one of the objections was, it's too cumbersome and I get obsessed with the numbers. I totally can understand why you would feel that way, and I want to really emphasize that when I talk about tracking, I'm not talking about numbers. I do not 
for myself or for my clients or anybody that I teach in my courses, I do not recommend counting calories or macros. This is as simple as writing down what you eat and when. So like 8 a.m., I had black coffee and a handful of almonds, right? And then how you feel, keeping track of those hormonal biofeedback elements that I just talked about, energy, cravings, hunger, mood, sleep, all of that stuff, right? So if you're saying that it's because you're too obsessed with the numbers, well, that's not a factor. That's not, I just poof, I just eliminated that as an objection for you. The other objection, and I heard this repeatedly, was it's a little bit of fear. I don't want to see that my tracking document proves that I'm a failure, So it's sort of an avoidance thing. And I want to say this. First of all, I get it. I had so much judgment and shame related to my food choices, and I too wanted to avoid it. But if you were on the webinar from last week about the ways we self-sabotage, avoidance is one of them. And here's the truth too. It doesn't make it true when you put it on paper. It's not like the kid that gets under the blanket and thinks, if I can't see you, you can't see me. And that's the way so many of us approach tracking. If a kid did that under a blanket, we would think they were so silly, right? But we do that with tracking. Like if I write it down, then it makes it more real. No, it doesn't. And your tracking document is not showing you that you are or you aren't anything. It is not something that is a moral judgment. And if you are struggling with it because of that, then you need to change your perspective about it and realize that actually avoiding it is the most dangerous thing. Avoiding it robs you of the opportunity to improve and grow. The other one that was a big objection was related to judgment and feeling like they would rate themselves as good or bad based on what they wrote in their document for the day, not wanting to see it. Again, kind of a way of avoidance. Let me emphasize this. This is not something that we're using to say, was I good today or was I bad today? That is not an approach that I encourage in any way, shape, or form. It is information. I want you to look at it with curiosity, not with criticism. This is not about being positive or negative about your food choices or your discipline or anything. It's the approach of, huh, this happened. What can I learn from it? Whether your food choices were awesome or they weren't so great really isn't the point. You want to be able to learn from your really strong days and learn from your not-so-strong days. That is what it is about. Okay, so it was a rough day, but I also didn't sleep last night, so I really need to focus on getting more sleep. Or I made some choices I'm not really excited about, but I was dealing with this project at work, so it seems like stress or procrastination is a real factor for me, so what can I do the next time that I'm stressed or the next time I have the desire to procrastinate, right? Or things that I see often in with my clients is they were exceptionally hungry and so they overate. And I'm like, well, one of the reasons that you were really hungry is because the last two days you've had very little fiber, very little protein, so then we can adjust and improve. That is the attitude we should be bringing to our tracking document, not judgment. So I wrote a blog post on tracking, how to track, where to track, what to track, and two specific examples for how you can set up your tracking document. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes over on primalpotential.com, or you can just go to primalpotential.com and search tracking, and it will be there for you. So I hope this random show was helpful. If you have questions, please email me and let me know. I sincerely want to help you with anything that you are struggling with, so I will look forward to hearing from you soon. 
As far as what I ate yesterday, I started the day, just happened to mention it, black coffee and almonds. Um, didn't, didn't put anything in my coffee yesterday and had maybe about a handful and a half of almonds while I was driving to the gym. My lunch was leftover chicken thighs that I had prepared in the crock pot with some Brussels sprouts. And then dinner was a large salad that was spinach and salmon, green peppers, cucumbers, tomatoes, broccoli, and I think there was also some crushed almonds in there too for a little bit of texture because I really love that with salads. So that is what I ate yesterday. I am putting together some really fantastic topics for the rest of the year to really help you go into 2016 with motivation. If there are topics you would like me to hit, please let me know. Shoot me an email, elizabeth at primalpotential.com, or find me on the Primal Potential Facebook page or on Instagram. I'm at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram. And let me know what you need me to talk about to help you be successful, because that is why I am here. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day.